What is up, you beautiful creatures? Thank you and welcome to episode number four of Alliance Pride. And man, this one is a good one. I had the honor to sit down with my friend and a person that I think is going to places, uh, Ben. He is just a learning machine, uh, a person that is just very proactive, which is discovering himself and discovering and asking questions, the right questions all the time, always about learning. It's just an amazing thing to sit down with someone that is literally about 12 years younger than me and uh, to sit there and to to analyze and to listen to this uh, to this person just speak about like what it's learning and uh, seeing myself through him uh, but in a way that I'm learning all that stuff as I'm older now compared to when I was younger so I hope you guys like this interview this amazing and I wouldn't call it even an interview just a sit down conversation with him and I hope you get to know him a little bit more and, and, and really follow him up in terms of like where he's going and what he's accomplishing overall. And that's kind of like what the idea of Alliance Pride is all about. Um, discovering people and listening to people's experiences, what they go through and how they really at the end earn their own pride and, and, and are successful in their own way. And I think that's a beautiful thing to, to know about all these people that I have in my podcast because, uh, you know, hopefully there's always someone out there that can relate to this either struggle or story or just uh, really journey. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And again, if you have any questions in terms of questions with uh, for the guests, you can always send me an email at unleashfit at gmail.com. So enjoy the episode and I'll see you guys next week. Season LFGO. LFG. What is up, you beautiful creatures? Coach Al here from Unleash Fit. This is episode number four of Alliance Pride. I'm over here with my boy. Introduce yourself. I'm not going to even say it. What's up, yo? Uh, my name is Benny Demirko. Um, I'm over here. I work for High Performance Lifestyle Training. I'm a senior in college right now um, at Hunter. And I met up with Al around, what, five months ago now? Four months? Something like that. Over the summer. I Over the summer when we were super tan and you know, vascular and stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, it's been a it's been a pleasure meeting him, working out with him, and just trying to learn as much as I can within the industry. And you know, having coach, someone like Coach Al mentor me through you know stuff that I'm not quite familiar with has really been a blessing, and I'm really fortunate for it. And I'm happy that he's given me this platform to you know voice what I care, what well, I really I mean, care about. You're, you're working on grabbing. Um, Making your own podcast. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first of all, I want to just start off by saying, like, you're probably one of the... You're the youngest person to be in my podcast, but you're also too, like, I would say probably the new generation of fitness. Uh Uh, Now, you're not a personal trainer. You're not in that field of training people, but you are in the field of learning as much. You're in the fitness industry. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, what really got... Because you're you're pretty young, um, and you just started in the fitness industry yeah. how now I've been in the fitness, fitness industry for like probably a good 10 to now going into 11 years uh-huh. so the evolution of fitness for me uh, I've seen it change over time mm-hmm. um, obviously 10 years ago you were just 11 years yeah. right 11 yeah. years old um, really what 
because based on your personality, based on like what I've seen, how you act and everything, very rare I see that in kids nowadays, Appreciate right? That, yeah. um, and I'm not saying that our new generation sucks. But yeah. What I'm trying to say is that our new generation is evolving so much because it's like they're moving forward just with technology, right? Yeah. So like the, the, the platforms, the amount of knowledge, the amount of things that you can do nowadays compared to a while ago, 10 years, even five years ago, yeah. it's immense. Mm -hmm. uh, and to have you, you have like this old school mentality. And I wanna ask you, like, did you grow up in that mindset or, or did you look up to someone or yeah. was it something that really kind of like intrigued you into becoming the person you are, you are becoming now? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, so I, I was fortunate enough to be raised in a household with my parents who are both from um, the Bronx. I grew up in Westchester, but my mom was a school teacher. My dad was a cop. Okay. Um, so just like, you know, having parents like that with that blue collar type of mentality really introduced me to that life, even though I grew up pretty fortunate, right? I was an athlete. Yeah. But I think one of the most um, instrumental events in my life was when my dad um, made me get out of my town and, and county playing basketball. I grew up playing basketball and he, was, he made me play in the Harlem Boys Club. Um, oh, really? And so, really, I was probably like, what, four, 13, 14? Okay. When I was 13, 14 years old, I was playing over there, and it was my first time seeing kids and stuff that were, you know, a lot less fortunate than me, and having kids that some never left any of the five boroughs in their life. So right. once I really, you know, saw that lifestyle, I, I realized how fortunate I was, and it's not like now where it's like, you know, gratitude, and everyone's preaching that, and all social media is blowing up with self-help stuff. Right. I wasn't familiar with any of that stuff. I just kind of, it just organically grew in my mindset, and I think just having, seeing, being exposed to that, and being exposed to the kids where it's the do-or-die mentality, it kind of rubbed off on me in the best way possible. Um, and then, so, fast forward a couple of years, I, I, I'm not growing like a typical yeah. basketball player. Um, and so I had that chip, all of a sudden I, I see that mindset, then I, then, I, then I start to adjust and I have the chip in my shoulder mentality too. Did you feel like, uh, is it because people were telling me that you weren't able to perform at that high level or did you feel that, because there's a difference when a, yeah. when a coach tells you you can't do it and there's a difference of like you looking at yourself in the mirror and actually saying, you know what? I have a feeling that I have reached a certain potential that maybe this is not for me. Maybe something else is meant for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, dude, spot on, seriously, because I think that having people look at me in a way, even if I was performing, I remember, I still remember I was playing in the, the New York State games, right, for the best players in the state. And I, I ended up being all tournament team out of a, some of the top 50 players in the state. And the Division One, Division Two schools are looking at other kids that maybe have quote unquote more potential, mm -hmm. right? Um, but even if the smaller kids or the kids that you know don't have the intangibles that translate onto the college level, quote unquote, again, um, they're they're given the chance. And right. so once I kind of realized that, and I I don't, I don't want to say I settled on what college program I chose, but I definitely um, think I could have went higher if I was given the opportunity. But then I was fortunately. Um, after, well, I don't want to skip any steps, but, and we, we could talk about the whole process of this all. My, the end of my sophomore year, um, I was introduced to a guy by the name of Brian Mazza, who's people are extremely familiar with in the New York uh, City fitness community right. and you know, the entrepreneurial field. And, you know, Brian really opened my eyes towards what a How did you meet him? So funny, this is a really good story, actually. Um, uh, my sophomore year, I gained a lot of weight. I was probably 180 pounds. 
and it was on the decline of my basketball career, right? Like my minutes were going down, you know, whatever. I wasn't seeing eye to eye with my coach. He's a good guy, but we just weren't seeing eye to eye on my talents and versus playing time and stuff like that. So I went through probably like two or three months where I was just hanging out all the time. I was drinking, I was partying too much, and it was not not in, in, in an addictive pattern or way. No, but you know what? Like you're young, but so I was lost. Like I was yeah. I was definitely lost for a certain period of time. But I always had that lingering hunger in me where it was like, you know what? I know there's a lot something. And not trying to sound cocky or arrogant, no. but I always knew there was something a little bit different about myself versus the you know just the normal kid that just playing video games and doing all this stuff. I always wanted to be outside. I always wanted to have a community around me. I always wanted to be on a team. So I was kind of looking for that in a non-basketball, you know, atmosphere, environment. Um, so once I, you know, saw what fitness brought. So this is how I met Brian. I was watching the Gary Vee podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, I was in my dorm room. I remember this really, like, vividly. I was like, okay. I just went, like, I saw a Casey Neistat video on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was my first time seeing, like, someone that's super hungry and putting your, you grow up thinking that if you're the guy on Wall Street or you're the lawyer or doctor, that's what success is, right? Right. But then you're introduced to people like Casey, like Gary, and even if it's not fitness, it it just translates. They're successful and they have mastered their own craft. Exactly. Without the classic, you know, strategy of going to Ivy League school and doing all that stuff, right? But you don't know that growing up. Well, I mean, do you feel like, I mean, I didn't know that either, but I was kind of like putting on the shadow of my parents. Yeah. I was growing up with my dad, Uh blue collar mechanic. Yeah. So, you know, when, when, when we say blue collar, there's nothing wrong with being a blue collar, like differentiation, but thing is like that the worth ethic is a little bit different that is it you know whether you're white collar or blue collar you still have to invest the amount of time or effort to be successful at that yeah uh, but the difference I think with the blue collar is just like my father was a little bit more physical his mindset his mindset of success was be a cop be this be yeah. be something that you can work a certain amount of years retire after a certain amount of years get that 401k after that yeah. retired and then you get yeah, and just get your social security co- uh, you know payments out of that mm-hmm. and for me that mindset wasn't there I actually looked up to my father I was like I actually want to do this but just better yeah. uh, seeing my father struggle is not that I didn't want to be like him but I wanted to get that worth ethic of like just wanting more yeah. but you can start seeing like I'm sure like you watching your dad like obviously as a cop it's like it's, that, like it's a lot of hours yeah. it's a lot of hours invested and, and, and you know it's it's a very dangerous job like a lot of people don't understand that it's like you know like it is what it is but it's like it's not a job like you don't realize it until you're in those shoes like you, you you're you're, con- you're no you look that differently you're, exactly. you're People like either respect you or hate you. It's not and really a medium. Yeah, there's there's yeah. no there's no you know what I mean. So it's like even though you feel like you are an authority, you're also on your heels because you don't know who likes you, who doesn't like you, yeah. or who is pretending to like you because just you're wearing that uniform. So, but having that mentality with my dad, yeah, uh, it made me feel like there was more to that. I knew that I was better at something else, and yeah. my father was like trying to prevent that he wanted not me to be like him mm-hmm. but the, the, the matter of the fact is that you giving me yourself as an example and you can't ju- I, can't, I don't want to do that I want to yeah. I don't want to be going to cop I don't want to go to college for four years yeah. 
But for my dad, he never had that, so he wanted me to have that. Yeah. So that's kind of like the idea that I have. Like for so I'm sh- I'm sure you felt that way. Yeah, but definitely. Um, and I was never really that great of a student. I still like am, so it's kind of hard to say, right? But like, I mean, you still got you still have time to discover. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. Still in the beginning, and the the the, the greatest thing out of it that I see in you is that you're in such an age that. And I can speak for a lot of people that are my age that when we were 22, we were not thinking the way you were thinking. Very little amount of people were thinking the way you're thinking 10 years ago. And, you know, in their rightful mind, like when I was 22, I wasn't thinking of like, should I go to college? Should I do this? I was just trying to be like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life. You know what I mean? And my dad didn't really, it's not that he didn't care, but he was like, you're a lost cause. So it like... Having the environment, having your family, having to discover, it, and obviously how you met your mentor yeah. is pretty much what's putting you in that in that road where you're just discovering now. Maybe this is for me. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and having examples and putting myself—it's not just having these people in front of you. You have to get to a point where you have older and more qualified people in front of you that you can look from. So what are the steps you could take if you're younger and you want to take advantage of that in whatever field you're at? Networking, whether it's online or putting yourself out there in person, going to events and doing these things. Like It could be really annoying to get off, you get off your ass and like do stuff sometimes, but it's so worth it and it's, you'll see start, stuff clicking. And to be able to do it is gonna take just that little bit of extra effort that you know people like us just have to put in every single day to just get above to the same level other people don't really have to work just as hard from. And realizing that now has really helped. And I think that just overall wellness, you know, having people to look up to online and in person and just putting yourself in that position every single day um, is cooler than having a six pack. It's cooler than looking oh, yeah. big, right? Like once you're really internally balanced is, is where, where the magic will happen. And starting to see that now it's, you know, maybe I will go have some fun three weekends in a row. It's not the end of the world, right? You know? I mean, my 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 thing is, do you miss it? Do you or do you feel like when you were in that age? So when you were one hundred eighty five pounds, yeah, and you were partying and you having fun and you had quote unquote maybe the friends that you think maybe you don't no longer hang out with because yeah, you felt yeah. like they were not poisonous, but Sometimes they're just not, they're good people, they're just not in your realm or yeah. mindset, uh-huh. right? Exactly. Uh, when you met your mentor, though, <sighs> what, what, what was the first thing? Like, what, really, were you afraid? Or, yeah. What was uh, so this is, uh, I'll bring you, like, this is how it happened. I was watching a podcast. Gary Vee was following him religiously for about two or three months. Um, and he had a podcast with Brian Mazza, who I mentioned before. And I followed Brian on Instagram probably for like six or seven months before that. Just mm-hmm. like I thought he was a cool look. You know, he was, he was fit. Right. Um, he owned a couple successful businesses. So it was like, this guy's dope. And once I saw, um, we had some similarities. Once I saw him on the Gary Vee podcast, it was like that day, Gary Vee posted it on YouTube. And he was like, yo, I'm from Westchester. My parents did this, X and X. And I, I was like, relate to him. I, I totally related to him. And that's what it was. And so Gary Vee next said, he's like, you should expand your network over to LinkedIn to Brian, not just have it on Instagram. And so the second I saw that, um, I created a LinkedIn profile and I DM'd Brian, yo, I just saw your interview with Gary. Would love to pick your brain over coffee one day. And if you have any opportunities elsewhere, I'd be interested. And so he answered and I, I was so surprised. He answered probably in like 10, 15 minutes. 
He's like, yo, I have an internship opportunity available um, if you want to come to my office and interview next week. So I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening. So I, it doesn't, it goes without saying. I wasn't like super fit. I wasn't the most confident kid in the world at that point, right? But um, as a coach, you, as a coach, when you see stuff like that and you see, here's the thing, it's like a great coach is not about just putting you into, into shape. It's about finding your potential. Yeah. Like yeah. scenes, so like, I, I devote more, like I devote the same amount of energy to all my clients. But there's some clients that sometimes I see so much more potential yeah. and they don't see it. And those are the ones I have also more fun to work with uh -huh. because it's like you, you can expand them to discover themselves even more. That That's what makes a coach job fucking like glorious, dude. Yeah, yeah. Because the satisfaction as a, as a coach to seeing that and to open someone's potential to its max, yeah. dude, it's like, it's, it's a unique feeling. Yeah. You, you just not... You can't be more proud of that. Yeah. You You're know? changing their mind, body, soul, you know, like Dude, everything. It's not just like, oh, I have a six pack. It's like yeah. more like I'm a, I'm a healthier person. Like I have a clear mind. Yeah. I have a better mindset. I know what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. I know what I yeah. want with my life. Yeah. Dude, it's like to seeing and hearing that from people, it's just like mind blowing. It's magical. Yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And so Brian, that's what, you know, there, I could say a million stories about how Brian's helped me, but just like, how long have you been interned? So I, I started in almost two years ago now, like a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, and through that, he was just, I was doing a lot of things back when he was working with Ainsworth and stuff like that. And just, just two, super tiny incremental steps. He, he wasn't, he was hard on me sometimes, but would also give me space that now I see as I've started my own things and stuff like that. Well, that's the point, right? Um, and because yeah, and and seeing how you know, if I'm starting a couple new projects and I'm w I'm working with some other friends that maybe aren't on the same exact level of me at the moment, right? But just like teaching them some things Brian taught me and actually implementing into my life has done wonders for me, man. And just like from a leadership perspective, you know, putting myself out there, um, I think is really is really. You still really work with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. still with him? Now, what are like what are the things that you you have done that you enjoyed the most? Like, what were the like so in the beginning, like the first yeah. three months, getting yourself into this into this mentorship? I would say with him, yeah. even though you were internship in there, uh -huh. but I would say probably it's more of a mentorship. Definitely, yeah. Um, how did it feel? Like, what you felt, and and also too, how did your family react to it? Yeah, so you know, it's so funny to think about. Like when I was living it, it was all kind of a blur. You're just you, when you're when you're first climbing that mountain, that yeah. first mountain, right? You're just going. You're not really thinking, and yeah, you're you just on a think. high. You, yeah. you don't care. You'll, you'll wake up at any time to just get some work done because you love it. And that was my first time feeling that way. So it was like, yo, I'm just crushing everything. I was so happy. I was in better shape. I was an athlete my whole life, but I never realized I was in pretty bad shape. Like just right. being that. You don't realize that like when you're just playing a sport. Um, so once I had just had that. I met at the crossroads of my body's healthy and my mind is healthy and everything else is just, you know, circulating around that is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, it was a special feeling the first time. Um, and then, you know, you hit some walls and nothing's perfect, but definitely the first three months were the life-changing and transformational part of it. And since then, it's just ma been maintaining all that, which I've realized is even harder than, you know, the starting part when you're right. initially going through it. It's maintaining that lifestyle and, and implementing new habits, maybe that, you know, you learn elsewhere and stuff like that. And you were, you're becoming your own person, kind of, and that yeah. and that's been cool. Were you afraid? Because sometimes it's it's scary sometimes when you're 
when you're when you're trying to be when you're trying to find your own personality compared because we all go through that yeah. you know we all go we're all in high school we all want to fit in and in order to fit in what happens you're afraid that people will not not just respect who you truly are mm-hmm. but not even get you so what happens you're you start either mimicking yeah. uh, trying to fit in by being something that they they can respect or like mm-hmm. and sometimes that takes you away from who you truly are so now you're working you stop working on who you want to be but you start working on who you just want to pretend to be yeah to fit yeah. in and it's scary because people don't realize just like how minuscule events could affect the rest of your life yeah right so it's like if i make a couple of bad decisions in college or in high school and i start following the wrong people even if it's just for two or three weeks you know it could change your whole mentality and your whole lifestyle and i think it's just like being more selective with who you're hanging out with especially when you have the chance to really live out your potential and if it's just not hanging out with a couple of people one weekend to just get over that that's all you have to do it's not hard Right. And I think that's just a lot. And you have all this technology stuff now, and, and it's and it's not easy to balance everything. But I think that you know, if if you're just making TikToks or Instagrams for two hours, you could just easily read twenty to thirty pages of a really good book. Yeah. And you'd be you'd, you'd be amazed with how happy you are. And you actually learn more from that. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. sometimes it's, I mean, you know, Instagram and all this social media is a black hole. Because yeah. I think it's like there's sometimes that I'm like going through my Instagram and doing stories or doing this and people are like you always on your stories you know this i'm like yeah like sometimes like let's say for example we just worked out today, yeah, right? yeah if i had go home and i edit the videos just to make 15 second videos yeah it takes me by the time i'm done 45 minutes to an hour has gone exactly by to make four or five it, yeah. and people don't understand that and i'm like i hate that uh-huh because i just spent 45 minutes non-paid yeah to show people what i'm doing yeah and that's time investing. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been on my Instagram as, as, as I used to because it's just, it's not that I don't like it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of time consuming. And it's a lot and, of energy, man. Like, and you know, in the beginning I wanted followers, man. I wanted followers and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Posting two, three times a week. Yeah. Reaching out to people, following the right people. And I was following Gary Vee's steps, read yeah. all his books of like what yeah. to do with social media, and I was doing it, and I was grinding and grinding and grinding. Once I hit that ten grand and twenty, you just you, you get more, but then you have more responsibilities yeah. to do. Yeah. So then you do like then I was like, okay, so I do I focus on my Instagram or do I focus on actually working, yeah. training people, and then it becomes a black hole. It becomes such a black hole, man. Yeah. And. Uh, but with you, uh, what was your job when it came down to uh, working as an internship? Like, was it like more? I don't know. Like, what was what was what were you designed to do that you think that you discovered you were good at and yeah. you can implement that? Oh yeah. So I think definitely when we were doing our group fitness stuff over at Project Equinox, I definitely yeah. saw for the first time that you know working with a bunch of people in the same room, if you're suffering together and working for the same goal. Is something I'm gonna to have to do for the rest of my life. I just love it, right? Yeah. And I think that I I realize that I'm best when I'm around a group of like-minded people, and just putting myself in those situations is gonna positively affect me, you know, as much as anything else would. Um, so I realize that working with people um, that have the same goals as I do or similar goals as I do um, is truly 
some in whatever capacity, whether it's in working out or building something together, I think is something that I can't stay away from. Um, so I guess like that, just being exposed to the group fitness situ- like uh, scenario, along with working with different athletes from you know Omar Bolden. Um, well, that, that was like going to be my next yeah. question because it's like you have met like, and that's funny because you follow a lot of people that I follow. Yeah, too. yeah. But I also see that you have actually been on the realm. Uh huh. Ben Bruno, Omar Bolding, uh, like all this. Not, I wouldn't say call them celebrities. I would probably call them like real coaches. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like coaches that they're, they're really massive. They're, they're. Uh, have you met Gary Vee also too? Yeah, yeah. You met Gary Vee, yeah. right? So I think I remember that. But like, how does it feel to be surrounded by? Because there's a difference. Like I have your same mindset, but yeah. I've never been around those people. I've never been. I never was able to sit down with them and like, hey, listen, I need to ask you this question. Yeah. Like, how does this done? Or, you know, pick their brain and learn more from them. Yeah. How, how is that for you? How does that impact it in your life since you've been doing this now for two years? Yeah. Um, definitely cool. And it's definitely really special when I, it's for people from different fields, right? So like Omar, personal training and coaching and stuff like that. And Gary Vee, obviously, you know, what Gary Vee does. Um, I think it's, it's cool. And, and, you know, I'm really starting to see, though, that little short-term happiness isn't what I want to live for, right? It's going to be that stuff where I have to maintain relationships like that and really take everyone, you know, and respect everyone the same. Um, yeah. I think I was maybe when I met Gary Vee was a little too mu- on too much of a high where it was like, yo, I met Gary Vee, like, yo, what yada, yada, yada. But, like, I think that it's great and it makes me hungry now as opposed to last year when I kind of got complacent for a couple of weeks or whatever yeah. it was and it was like, Yo, I almost put myself. I saw myself as a becoming a different person that I didn't, that I thought I wanted to become, but I didn't realize that it's not who I wanted to become. If that makes any sense. So what you're trying to tell me is that <clears throat> you you felt like you were going the right track until you stopped yourself. Like this is exactly, not me. yeah. Uh, this is, you know, what am I becoming? Yeah, because I'm not liking it. Yeah, no, definitely. It was like. It took me a couple of weeks, like in the summer when I wasn't really doing anything, like, mm-hmm. and I was really training for the marathon. Then I got a couple of nagging hamstrings injury injuries, and I was just, you know, just seated and not doing anything. And um, to really look look at myself and look inside myself, when I was just by myself, um, to be like, yo, maybe this isn't who you want to become. Maybe you have to start realizing that people come first, and it doesn't matter who they are. Um, yeah. And I think the more you look at it like that. The more cool, you know, they say like greatness, the more you are in search for greatness, the less likely it's going to happen, right? right? Like you work as hard as you can every day, be strategic in your work ethic, don't overwork and stuff like that. And that's what really when I started to see who I wanted to become. Once I put the sustainability aspect into my life, I really implemented it and didn't talk about it. Just like, just did it. Just did it. it. Just did you it. curse. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everybody has it. Like, can I curse? I was like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, when I mean, we're with each other, we curse. Yeah, probably. I mean, we, we curse every two <laughs> Never seconds. Never curse, yeah. But, yeah, no. no. Um, but, I mean, what I, my, my question is, Yeah. do you think, so, I mean, you, you've been doing so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Your mindset, so, what, what, I, what I was trying to say is, yeah. like, so, I have met a lot of people in my years as a coach. 
but there were sometimes I met other coaches where I was like, I want to kind of like mimic what they are. But yeah. Then sometimes like this is not who I am. Mm-hmm. Have you felt that way lately? Of like, seeing, do you think you feel feel like you were going complacent because you just you were just being overwhelmed with so many people that you were you were meeting, so many projects you were doing. So yeah. you were pretty much were like, oh, I want to be doing this. No, wait, I want to do this now. No, I want to because it's like you were pretty much in the Toys R Us store. When I say Toys R Us, yeah. you're overwhelmed with so many things that you like. Yeah. You just don't know what to pick. No, dude, and that's. I'm still trying to figure it out. And, you and know, that's, that's when you feel that when you're overwhelmed with so, so much information, and everything is uh, is positive, but that positiveness can also become your greatest web, like your greatest like enemy, because you just don't know what to pick. You just don't know what do I become this? Do I become a coach? Do I become this? Do 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 I become my own thing? But if I yeah. do, like. You start questioning a lot of things. Then you start seeing other people's perspective of what they do, and yeah. then you'd be like, "Can I be like this? Can I, can I not just copy, but can I steal something from that that makes me stronger?" Or were you just like, "Do you think that you were overwhelmed, and that's why you went complacent?" Yeah, no, I think that's. I couldn't even put that. I couldn't. I can't say that any better. Like that would perfectly put. You know, I think that I had so many options thrown at me in such a short period of time. Where it's like, what do I become? Like. Do I want to be a Gary V or do I want to be someone that works out, right? But I think that I've been at my best ever since I really started reading and taking my time to listen to like constructive podcasts and stuff like that, where it's I'm not just listening to music for four hours a day or hanging out with friends instead of doing something productive. I think once I really sat down with myself and was honest with myself, it was like, okay, I don't have to be anybody else but myself. And this is an everyday battle. I still, you know, and we all have to battle. Right, but I think that once you are comfortable with where you are right now, and you you look at different people, and you're like, maybe I can take a little bit of this from them, but I don't have to be them. And once you do, you have your arms in different buckets with that. I think that's when, and that's I'm at my best, like and when others are at their best. That's what people lack nowadays. That's yeah, the thing. It's yeah, like yeah. you gotta understand one thing. Like, like when I wrote that thing on my on my Instagram, it's true because, again. When I was at your age, I was nowhere near in the mindset that you have. Yeah. Nowhere near. And not not to, not to put myself down, but mm-hmm. it took me a very long time for me to sit down, be honest with myself, and be in the, the only person you can you, you can be truthful to is yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you can tell me whatever you want. Only you know if you're being completely honest. Like, I'm, like you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. And the thing is, like, it is the hardest thing to do to sit down, look at yourself in the mirror. It is the most awkward moment. It's, it's an actual exercise, but it's, it's so awkward to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, this is who I am. And you have to write it down and you have to read it out loud to yourself. Doing those exercises as an older man now myself has brightened up in terms of accepting who I am. Yeah. Uh-huh. But not just accepting who I am, but working on the things that I need to work for myself yeah. instead of trying to copy people because then I'm investing time of creating a new skill when I have so many skills that I need to yeah. like sharpen. master yeah. and sharpen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why grab more? So it, it's pretty much like, how would I say this? If I if I use two shirts a day and I have two shirts per every day, why do I need more shirts? Yeah, just that minimalistic I, I yeah like idealism. 
you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you do more things, then you need more shirts. If not, you stay good with two shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing is, like, we are in a society that more is better. And that's not true. And it's all Food, that. Yeah. Clothing, cars, everything. Money. Yeah. You know? It's everything over the top. Food. Yeah. You go and order food and look at the amount of food that you get. And then people think, oh, yeah. You know, and they feel guilty. I'm like, why you feel guilty? Just look, at, look at the amount of food you're eating. Yeah. So it's like little things like that. Yeah. That's such a good point. Man. It's just you think about all those things and you like, is it me that's making a mistake or is it society itself that's giving me so much that I don't, I'm just taking it. And it's, you know, coach, and that's so, that's, you, you keep hitting it right on the head. I think it's also that you get to the point where you realize that you don't, there's no real actual blueprint that you could follow. There's no you in the future. There's no person that you're going to be exactly like that is going to tell you exactly what to do. So once you hit that note and you're like, okay, but you realize, and that's why you have to put yourself in these vulnerable situations where um, you have to learn about your, it forces you to learn about yourself so that in a couple weeks or months or wherever you're faced with a similar situation to what you were before, you don't just think about it, you actually grow from it. You actually learn from it and you implement it in your life. So for me, it was like, for example, I signed up for the marathon off a limb, you know, like. Was it something that, were you driven because you felt you couldn't do it, you you wanted to put yourself as a challenge, or was it because there's a difference of yeah. like I want to do something because I want to do it, or hey Alex, you can't do that. Oh, you tell me I can't do that. I'm gonna sign up for it. Yeah, now. no, it wasn't. It it was totally just kind of an overly ambitious move, um, just for myself. It wasn't like I was trying to prove anybody wrong. There was no one like yo, you can't run a marathon. If anything, it was. People telling me, at least to me, I don't know, people could have been talking behind my back, but I would never know and I really don't care. Let's let's be completely honest with this. People talk about people all the time. There's no such thing as like, people don't talk bad about you. People talk bad about me, people talk bad about you. Of course. You just gotta know that real, you just gotta be realistic with it. Yep, yep. People are gonna hate you, people are gonna like you, that is it. That's it, yeah, no. But with that, it was like, it was kind of like this, little mini process that occurred it was like when i initially signed up it was like whatever i have to raise money and i'm gonna train and i'm just it's just for fun right as i got closer to the race i had a couple i had strained hamstrings i was a mess so i didn't do my last 20 you're supposed to do 22 miles or whatever well let me ask you because i never done yeah, a yeah. marathon uh were you prepared for it or how long no. ago did you so like Marathon is in November. Yeah. When did you sign up? I, I never ran more than five miles in my life at one time before May is when I signed up, I think. You signed up May. So, you so I think May. in June, it was the first time I ran like seven miles. It was like you my most. Dead. I was dead. And I was like, yo, I thought I was fit. But then did you, you have a, a, a coach? Or I was just doing like the, the plan, the New York Roadrunners uh, training plan. But again, it's not built. It's, it's built for the masses. So it's like. I thought it was overtraining, and I think that I should have done a better job taking care of my body. But you know, fast forward to August and September, and I I could barely walk. Yo, like my legs are done, my hamstrings are done, right? So fast forward like two or three weeks before the marathon, and I'm like, yo, I haven't ran more than like eight or nine miles in since like August, since like July, right? So I was like, am I good? Like, and I have these ambitious goals of like trying to do a sub 3.30 just because I hear it and it sounds cool. And I want to challenge good. myself. Yeah, you want right? to challenge yourself, but then you're like, oh my God, I don't know. I can, your brain can challenge itself. Your muscles are like, Yo, yeah, try me. And watch you can only be happens. so, and you can only be so resilient and mentally strong, right? Dude, Until, I'm telling you, like, I, people, I tell people, it's like, you don't understand. Like your brain 
is a type of machine that will just sign, like send the messages. Yeah, yeah. Your muscles like, sure, we'll try. Sure, yeah, we'll try. We'll rip you apart anyway. So yeah, it's just, no. it's, just, it's crazy though. No, but I, no, I do think that, so I was, I was impaired. I went into the race. Shout out to my training partner, David Fitzpatrick. He really oh, yeah. helped me along the process. My last 22 mile run, which I did nine did days. Did you run with him? With I, I, I did nine days before the race. He, he already did it. He was good. He was healthy, but he, Took a, he was on a bike. He followed me the whole entire time as I did 22 miles before the race. Two weeks before the race. Two Nine days before the race. Nine 11, days. Maybe 11 or nine days before the race. And he was like, you have to do it. Ended up, it gave me this mindset where I was like, yo, I crushed that. And I'm like, I could do this in, I could do this in the marathon, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what the main thing with that was, it was my first time doing something. And I ended up doing even better than I thought. I did a 321, which was Way more better than I thought. I was. You weren't do. expecting that. I was not expecting that did at you, all. Did you go into the race with high expectations? Um, I think verbally talking to people, yes, but internally, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to do this. Like, so it was kind of like I wasn't too confident. I was just gonna do it, and I was gonna see what was gonna happen. I just wanted to get to the twenty six point two because that's sometimes those are like the best feelings. And exactly, so that's where I'm of getting, like I'm gonna do two hours, and all of a sudden you finish in five hours, and you feel like a failure. You feel no, like, exactly, putting these like, unrealistic oh, shit, expectations like five on you. Hours. Yeah, no, but like I think that it was the first time where I saw that. Yo, when I finished that race a day or two after, I was like, I just did this. Right. And like, I like I, I don't like this feeling. Fuck that. I love this feeling. But I realize that putting yourself in as many experiences, if you're living for these experiences where you're saying you're getting that feeling two or three days after, even after you're doing whatever you did, you've done, and you're like, yo, I just did this. You stack the, you stack as many of those little blocks as you can in your life, and that's where you really start becoming yourself, and you really start seeing like who you have the potential to become, which is that what that did to me. So. You know, I think putting as many things physical. How was your mindset? Did it humble you a little bit? Definitely humbled me too. Because you have to trust the process. You have to trust the process, and I, I'm a preacher about that. I tell yeah. that to everybody. As I like, listen, it's part of the process. Shit doesn't happen just in two days, yeah. in eight hours, or in eight weeks. Uh, you know, it's a marketing perspective of like eight weeks transformation. Listen, let me tell you something. Sometimes it might take you more than eight weeks. Yeah. You know, and it's just like people. We live in an environment that we need things fast, and, yep. and, and that's not how life goes, you know? Yeah. And the problem is, I relate to fitness with this. Yeah. And this is what I usually explain. Like, have you ever done a Tabata? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Tabata training is obviously a high interval training mm-hmm. that requires a lot of power, I would say, right? Because you need to work as fast as possible yeah. for those 20 yeah. seconds, right? So this is, I discovered Tabata about six years ago. Okay. And for me, it was just amazing. It was just like I've never done this type of workout, mm-hmm. and it was it was in one of those muscle and fitness type of magazines. So uh, this is back in the day when I didn't have a computer, so yeah. all I had was magazines and books. Yeah. So I tried it for about eight weeks, and the thing is, like, this is what happened. The first four weeks was the best. I was doing Tabata every day. That yeah. was implemented on my workout. That was the workout. Uh huh. Just uh, uh, as an example, push ups 2010s, then chest press 2010s, incline chest press 2010s. The entire workout was 2010s, right? So, four minutes, four minutes, four minutes. First four weeks, my body was on fire. I felt amazing. And I was getting great results. Yeah. The following four weeks, my, my body, de- not depleted, but just maintained a level. Yeah. And I started like actually decreasing slowly. Yeah. slowly. Yeah. And I realized that over years, over the years, 
that specifically in the book said, you know, this is something that you don't want to do this constantly. And it became so addicted to me yeah. that I didn't want to stop. I kept on doing it and I didn't want to change. So I plateau so fast. Yeah. I, instead of plateauing within eight weeks, I was plateauing after like on the fifth week. That's crazy, yeah. So the, the, what I apply that with life itself is that, yeah, you can probably achieve success really fast. Mm-hmm. But maintaining that success after that is scary. Now, you can achieve success in a progressive way. Yeah. You can last that success a lot longer uh-huh. compared to just getting that five second, like they say on video, right? So like if you get like, if you become a viral video, let's say your success shoots up to 200%, yeah. but it can plummet 200, Dude, 300% yeah. within wow. like a week. Yeah. Right, so do you want the lifestyle of just being successful right away and then depleting right away, uh-huh. or do you want the success that you want slowly? Yeah, and building that process, failing throughout that process, mm-hmm. and actually enjoying that victory a lot longer. Of course, dude. Yeah, and that is like that's spot on to what I was getting at earlier, um, where you're like, if you meet these people, like, how did you feel? Yada yada yada. And I think that I was slowly approaching that road where it was getting super high and then not being ready to when shit hits the fan. Right. Now, and you know, one of my other mentors, Rob Pinnell, Brian, one of Brian's best friends who I was working out with every day when I first started too. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something that he's really helped apply into my life where he's like, yo, you have to put in these patterns and habits that you're gonna be able to do next year. And he, and he, he was right. He's one of the best lacrosse players in the world. A little backstory on Rob. For those that don't know, um, he's one of the best lacrosse players in the world, but he wasn't recruited out of high school. Had to do a fifth year. Um, ends up being getting a final roster spot on the Cornell lacrosse roster, oh, whatever year he's going into. Ends up, he's like third all-time in the scoring list all-time in NCAA history. He's one of the best college... He's one of the best college... Had one of the best college careers ever and is one of the best lacrosse players of all time at this point. Um, but he was like, yo, straight up, you have to put in little habits and things that you're going to be able to do next year. Anybody could be really good for a year. Anybody yeah. could be really good for two years. Yeah. Anybody could be good for really good for three years probably. Yeah. But what are you going to do in eight years from now that you're going to be at a better spot than you are now? Right. And it's not going to be that crash and burn lifestyle where it's like you're really high one second and you're really low one second. Right. If you just sustain that 75, 85% effort every for 365 days a year, you're going to get a lot further. And, yeah. a lot, and one of that just... My favorite quote is Jordan Peterson. He's a that he's awesome yeah, dude. That's he's like right, the Gary right. Vee of modern philosophy. Yeah, um, but he says incremental improvement gets you the distance. So, dude, it's over. It's 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 just it's not just fitness, dude. dude it's everything. But it's right? not it's not even fitness anymore. It's like life itself. Like, think about this. Like, yeah, people think like people want things so fast. And you get, you get. I mean, I wanted that when I was younger. I wanted things real fast. I wanted success. Here's here's a little backstory. Also, yeah. too. It's like, and I realized that also too with my uncle. Okay. So my uncle worked with my dad, and my uncle loved him to death. Yeah. And the problem, he was hungry for success. And the problem was was that over the years I started seeing, and now that I apply to apply a lot of things that he does. I put myself in that situation and I say, I don't want to do that, right? Because those are the things you learn from people, yeah. whether whether it's family or people that you meet. Uh-huh. So my uncle was always hungry for success. And when it became that hungry for success, he would look at things that he wanted to do, but he wanted to 
be successful at that so fast. Yeah. So he would, he would give himself like three months, two months, one month to be successful. And I'm not talking about fitness. I'm talking about like business wise. Yeah, like yeah. He wanted to drive trucks. Let's say for example, you make a lot of money for that. So his mindset was into money, which is okay. Sometimes people, their success is money yeah. instead of lifestyle. Yeah. And the thing is that once things got a little harder or busier, quote unquote, I would not hear it afterwards. Mm-hmm. After three months, they would be like, oh no, it was too hard or something else he would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm going to say this publicly. I love my uncle to death and I'm not saying that he's a failure, but I saw that and I witnessed that on an early age yeah. that is now helping me. Because as much as I want success really fast, I don't want to be my uncle where I'm going to be like, oh yeah, it didn't happen because of this. Yeah, and yeah. Because the second you put yourself an excuse because you don't want to keep on going with it, uh-huh. you just don't want to follow the process. Yeah. You know? Everybody wants to be famous, but everybody wants to be famous sitting down on the couch. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't happen. Everybody anymore. does, and that's today too, right? Yeah. With introduction of all this stuff too, right? Yeah, you have YouTube, you have, you have so many platforms but sometimes I think people are overwhelmed that they're willing to do some crazy ass shit crazy out there shit, to be man. on bar stools, to be <laughs> on fucking, yeah. you know, gym fails and all this. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and, and my question to them is like, is that really your definition of success? And where's the long-term path? Uh, yeah. You, what's the plan, man? Like, what's the plan in New I might, I might know you for a little bit and then after that, I'm not gonna know who you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's something that me as a father is going to be difficult to teach mm-hmm. uh, because I'm going to be in a situation where I'm going to be like, you know, how do I explain that to my dad? Uh-huh. So, I mean, to my dad, I mean, to my kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you and in, in, in the other way, yeah. like you, you, you witnessing all that, how is it coming for you? Like, what, what, is, what is the transformation that you're going through that you see in all this? What was there like? Are you asking like for a moment? Like my, my question like, is, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so like, we're getting distracted over here. There's a bunch of people here, by the way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, what do you feel? How do you feel like you're discovering your purpose more now? Now, what, what, what is what is now with all these things that you have been yeah. explained to you? We've been talking about all these uh-huh. things and like me knowing a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is your purpose now? What do you think that you're going through? Because you're still so young. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm really starting, and this is, I might have a different opinion in a month, right? But like, I really do, and I've had this feeling for a while now, believe my purpose is to create better lives through different forms of overall wellness, whether it's physical or mental or emotional, or you know, just giving people experiences that'll have a really positive, positive effect on them. and. You know, at the end of the day, I want people to go from self-centeredness to togetherness. And I think that being just a figure and an example for people is going to be my overall um, purpose. On this do you journey. feel like you're a leader? Do you feel like you can lead people to success? Yeah. Or do you feel like you're... Um, do you feel like you have to put that, I would say, probably title on yourself? Um. Yeah, I think I'm definitely a leader and I don't have... Anything to hold. I think I could lead by example by doing stuff, but I could also voice my opinion on certain things and be able to back it up. Maybe I'll run into a roadblock somewhere down the road, but I would definitely say that I'm not afraid to get in the front of the line and, and you know try to lead by example um, and getting people to be able to do that. Because I like how you are in terms of just like going in a room and 
you to ask a lot of questions. Even when we train, you yeah, ask yeah. questions. There's a difference. I, I realized like there's, there's, there's a difference of like just asking questions because you just want to ask questions. And there's questions like with a purpose behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the type of person, that's where I can relate to you because I'm that type of person. I yeah. go into a room, not going in there and be like, yeah, this is what I do, this is what I do. But I go in there and like, yeah, humble myself out. And I say, most likely in this room, there's at least three people that are way smarter than me. Yeah. So I'm just going to listen. Uh-huh. I think, no, that's something I definitely relate with you too. And I think just being around as many people like that is really healthy for your mind. Um, like even when you said the other day when we were talking about something, you're like, I'm not going to do it unless I'm learning from it. Right. And just having that approach to not just fitness, but in life is something that I aspire to do. Like I'm not going to uh, go into a room without any intentions of getting better. I'm always growing and I'm always going to have that mentality, that growth mentality, because the second you're complacent and you're happy and you're comfortable is the second someone can take your spot. So whatever yeah. spot you're aspiring to be in, you know, whether you're there now or you have the potential to be there, um, you know, I think that having that positive paranoia is kind of what I call it you know yeah being I mean, paranoid but in a really good and hungry good way. way yeah because that keeps you moving forward uh -huh. that keeps you want to learn more that keeps you you know I've been complacent for a long time I mean it wasn't two weeks it was probably longer than that yeah, yeah. where I was just like lost I was like you know you get a certain amount of fire you know you you get prepared to do stuff yeah for me, I had my purpose, I had my kid, and, mm -hmm. I, and, and I was like, I'm a father, you know, I want to lead by example yeah. to someone. And I feel like if I didn't have a kid, I think I, I think I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. And, and sometimes shit like that has to happen to you. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, being complacent is a very scary thing because yeah. the second you feel like you just don't want to do anything, Bro, it is the hardest thing to get yourself out of it. Like, you know when you sit on a couch and it's so comfortable yeah. and you take a nap and you just, Bro, that is what complacency is. That's, yeah. that is complacent <laughs> that's the definition, right? Because it feels so good. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do a lot of things. It yeah. just it feels so good. Uh -huh. And the thing is, like, when someone tells you to go and you're like, ah, I don't want to go. Uh-huh. Fucking sucks, That's it, bro. dude. Then that was like me when I was playing basketball. I was like, oh, after a long day, like, in class or work. I'm just like, oh, I have to go to practice? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Okay, no. Fuck that. I'll go get my espresso shot. I'll have a black coffee. Yeah. And I'll change my mindset and I'm fine. Yeah. You can be dead. It's okay. There is this uh, guy that I've been following now also too. And it's, and it's amazing because I've been waking up without asking. I've been waking up around 4.30, yeah, yeah, yeah. every day. Uh -huh. Not because I want to. It's just mm -hmm. because I have a responsibility for uh -huh. work. Yeah. And... I have created that habit to wake up at that time, uh, not to force myself. But funny enough, uh, I've been watching this 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 YouTube guy. But yeah, that there's a Navy SEAL out there that wakes up every day at four thirty in the morning. Jocko, Jocko, I think. Yeah, yeah. So he even wrote a book. About He's the man. So what he said is like, and, and this kind of caught up on me because I just watched it a couple of days ago. He's like. I know it is the hardest thing to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, but how satisfying it is to actually beat that mindset yeah. that you want to stay in bed. Uh -huh. It feels fucking good. It feels like you just like, nah, yeah, I don't want to yeah. get up. But how satisfying it is that you're actually battling yourself. You wake up and you're like, who's the, who's the winner now? Facts. I'm up. You, you starting your day a fucking winner. 
And when, when he said that, I was like, it gives me goosebumps because I was like, I didn't think that way. Yeah. But I know the feeling because when I'm in bed and I see 430 for, I would say, probably a minute. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to wake up. I don't yeah, want to get yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't have to be at work until six. Yeah. So I'm like, I can, I can sleep for another half an hour. Yeah. And it's just like my body's like, fuck yeah. that. Get up. Yeah. And once I'm up, I'm like, I'm beating the sun. Yep. And that's my competition. Yeah. If the sun is in my face, I've lost my day. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, oh, I don't yeah. see it that way like when I'm on an off day. Yeah. But like when it's a work day and I see the sun on my face, so that, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like I you just, lost. I lost my day. Yeah, already. yeah, yeah. I mean, but can, not everyone has that mentality. Dude, it's not. But people no. are like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, waking up a winner in that way on your own yep. fucking, in, on your own terms. Where you don't have to fucking say it. You don't have to wake up and go into your Instagram and say, I just want my day because I woke up at 4.30. Fuck that. No, no that's, that. that's that's pride right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and listening to this guy like this, I'm like, wow, I'm not the only one. Yeah. I, I'm glad that I'm not the only yeah. one. But that just stuck in my head. So Now I have that mindset when I wake yeah. up. And, dude, that's you automatically feel like a leader. Dude, you, know? you just... And it's so true. Even, it, like, you have so many things... My grandfather used to say, mm-hmm. my grandfather used to tell me all the time, and I hated when he used to wake me up at 6 a.m. Yeah. My, my grandfather was military style. He yeah. was like, he, he was like, 6 a.m., you gotta wake up. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 6 o'clock, I gotta wake up. But my grandfather used to tell me, he was like, it's better to be up when everybody's sleeping because you can do more. Yeah. You can do more in that 24, right? Dude, nobody's bothering you. Are you going to spend your 24? Yeah. Yeah. But, dude, I don't hear from anybody for 4.30 until 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. Nobody bothers you. Don't go on your phone. Bro, I don't go on my phone the first hour, hour and a half. Nobody's doing anything. Who cares? Go go do do something productive. Work on your mind. I I, I make my food. I eat calmly. I listen to my music, my meditation, my affirmations. I love affirmations myself. Dude, my day starts so much better. That's why when I come in here, I'm so fucking active. Like, yeah. I'm so happy. And everybody's like, where do you get this energy from? Because I'm fucking winning my day over. Exactly. Yep. Bro, yeah. Hell yeah, my man. But with that said, let's finish this out. Yeah, yeah. I gotta ask you this question. I ask this to everybody. What's yeah. your word? What is your word? Um, you know, I was kind of thinking about that throughout this. <laughs> um... I don't know if I'd go with resilient, but I'd say committed. I'm committed, com- I'm committed to, you know, to, to, to myself, to working on myself, be being self-centered in a really positive way um, to the point where I'm really unselfish throughout my day, where I'm comfortable with myself and have my habits in the morning when I wake up, when I'm not on my phone, when I'm meditating, when I'm having my first cup of coffee and water, and when I'm writing down what I'm grateful for where I take that energy and I use it in a really positive way and have that effect on people, I'm committed to that. Nice, you bro. know, Nice. Yeah. It was nice talking to you, though. I mean, Listen, go uh, right where, where, where can we find you on, on yeah, Instagram? Yeah, so on IG, I'm at Benny Demirko. That's Benny, B-E-N-N-Y-D-I-M-I-R-C-O. Um, that's my personal account. You could also follow my, I have an overall wellness blog slash like yeah. multimedia platform that I'm currently in the process of kind of, you know, remodeling. Um, hint, hint, stay in tune, tune for a podcast. podcast. Yeah, um, baby. So, and th- this legend will definitely be on it when that's launched. Um, you can follow that at Daily Endurance on Instagram as well. 
Um, and then I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Benny Demirko, just like my Instagram page, where I'll be posting some of my interviews along with you know video footage of that. So yeah, just follow me on those platforms, and it's a pleasure you know talking to you all. All right, my man. Thank you so much. If you guys have any questions, just fucking message me at unleashfit at gmail.com. Uh, that's all for us today. He'll definitely be back with us. But we got to go because we actually have to get back to work. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right. LFG, baby. LFG. All right.